Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Darlene Cunahan is our very special guest and uh, part of a continuing series with Darlene and uh, really wonderful uh, educator and mathematician and and coach and really has a, a great philosophy on on education that uh, that I, I wish all uh, instructors and all educators had and uh, her her students uh, uh, you know, many of them, uh, so much of them appreciate her. And we're speaking to you all right after Thanksgiving. I don't know when you're hearing this, but we we just celebrated uh, Thanksgiving. So, Darlene, I hope you had a nice one. Oh, my husband and I had a wonderful one. A uh, parent of two of my students from a long time ago brought us a complete Thanksgiving dinner. Wow. Just wow. Yes, Amazing. Yeah, it really is, and that shows appreciation for those that you had influence on in your life and in your career and teaching. And you know, I think we were talking last uh, last week, and and we were, you know, trying to uh, like pinpoint where you got your influences from. And I, you know, again, this is the type type of season or the time of the the year where people start thinking back and they start thinking what they're uh, thankful for, not only now, but what they have been over the years. And, and if you think about it, uh, we've all been influenced by somebody, but sometimes it's, it's not always so clear what their influence was and who those people were. You had a little time to think about it. Uh, how about you? How do you, how do you answer that? Some, some people that were influential in your life. Well, I I think I mentioned before that I stood for excellence, courage, and respect. And I once saw this plaque that said, excellence is caring more than others think is wise, risking more than others think is safe, dreaming more than others think is practical, and expecting more than others think is possible. And I have no idea who wrote it, but I believe that all the important people in my life that significantly influenced my teaching in some positive way all stood for excellence also and had those qualities, which says a lot. (laughs) And that's why I stood for those things too. I mean, and from a... From the very beginning as a teacher, even as a student teacher, I, my cooperating teacher told me I would not be able to teach all of his classes because he had to take a course and then watch someone else teach, teach this new course he was doing before he was allowed to teach it. And after my third day of student teaching, he came up to me and said, I have special permission so you can teach one of those two classes. I'll teach the first one that's in the morning, and you can teach the one that's in the afternoon. So I somehow impressed him after only teaching for three days. I guess two days, because he told me that after school on the third day. Uh, 
you know, it's like in my first school, the resource teacher, that's like the head of the department, but a resource teacher also has to go in and observe other teachers and, and give them the suggestions for improvement. And mine, my resource teacher was very good, and I would go to her sometimes and ask questions, but she never suggested that I try anything that I wasn't trying, which was rather amazing. So I felt really good about that. But she she stood for excellence, and that was clear, as did the, the principal, Phil Dean, and the assistant principal, Stephen Dickoff. And, and then when I went left, well, that first school I taught was in a very affluent area of the county, and then after four years, I was hired as the math resource teacher on the other side of the county where there were a lot of lower-income people, both people in the family were, were working. Some people didn't even have telephones. In fact, one of the times that I made a home visit because the parents didn't have a phone, I was shocked. <laughs> In the apartment, the living room, dining room area had a dining room table and some chairs. And the rest of the room had two refrigerators in it and a whole lot of mattresses. So I don't know how many families were living there, but it was definitely more than one. And two of the students in one of my classes lived there and they weren't related to each other either at any rate i think they were afraid that maybe i would report them but of course i wasn't about to do that <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. i mean it's a uh, you know we we take for granted um you know all the things that we have uh you know when we're not in those situations but uh, were they from uh, a different country were they uh were they uh, american citizens well, that particular city of Tacoma Park was like on the borderline of Washington, D.C., Montgomery County, and Prince George's County. And I don't know why, but it seems like that was a pocket where lots of immigrants lived. But there were also people there that were citizens and and. And there were some, like, mansions in one little area of you know, very wealthy people, but there weren't that many of them. And a lot of the kids, when I went there, well, every school where I went and worked, I faced different challenges. I think last time I mentioned the challenge, and there were several going into the, my first resource position because I was young. <laughs> And all the people in the department were a lot older and more experienced than I was. And when I observed them and make a suggestion, they thought I didn't know what I was talking about because I came from the other side of the county. And they say it wouldn't work there. So I got the principal to agree to let me create this class where I was going to take that the, the worst three or four kids from each of their teachers and put them all in the same room at the same time and teach them yeah. and and then require them to come observe me. Well, and nobody, after they did that, they never ever said it wouldn't work there because they saw it working with kids they couldn't get to work. 
So, you know, there were lots of things that I did that most people would never have done to make that happen. It wasn't, you know, it was a lot of work. You know, married, married teachers with kids of their own, I don't know if they'd be able to find the time to do what I did. But at that time, I was single. You know, I found out everything I could about those kids. I called all their parents that had phones and spoke with them. I, I drove to people's apartments that didn't have phones and spoke to the parents, told them if they would back me up and support me. I guaranteed their kids would learn two years of math in that one year. And then the first day, one of the worst kids shows up late and I had locked the door, so when he came in, I said his punishment was he had to arm wrestle me in front of the class. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, I beat him, and he said, oh, I, was, I wasn't ready. Do it again. And I did it again. And then he said, do it. Let's be it. And I did it again. And he was as big as I was, or bigger, actually. He was the biggest boy in the school. At any rate, but, you know, that, that was a real risk doing that with him so that took a lot of courage but i knew i had to do something to get the respect of the people in that class especially the biggest bullies and it worked of course i also told them about how the principal of my previous school and i sponsored the rifle club so they wanted to know about rifles that i had and shotguns and stuff so they were impressed by that too but um on that first day, I told them something that most people would probably never tell their students either. I said, you know, I'm going to be speaking to your parents once a week, every week, all year long, unless I'm out sick. And you get to decide what I'm going to tell them. Wow. And, and you know, their mouths just dropped open. And I said, well, yeah, you know, I'm just going to tell them what you did. If you're come to class on time, I'm going to tell them that. You did your homework, I'm going to tell them that. You participate in class, I'm going to tell them that. You do well on the quiz that you're going to take every day, I'll tell them that too. And I bet all of you could use a nice phone call to your parents. Well, I never had any trouble with the kids in that class. Wow. Yeah. And they really did learn a little over two years worth of math that year. So the parents were really pleased. And, and what's amazing is a lot of those kids started doing better in their other classes, too. Incredible. I mean, honestly, it's it's no wonder why you've gotten the accolades and the awards. Darlene Cunahan here with me, Frank McKay. Much more importantly, Darlene Cunahan is uh, just an outstanding example of, of what someone could put their mind to and, and become and she certainly didn't grow up with a, a silver spoon in her mouth and uh, she uh, look she made it to that level to this level by hard work and education and everything else Darlene Cunahan once again is our very special guest and binge listen to everything else that we've done here uh, Darlene uh, just uh, just an amazing approach to uh, to difficult students and uh, students that had difficulty with behavior and so forth and by the way i 
I am probably one of the kids who would have been in, put in one of your classes. I became a very good college student, but I wasn't a very good high school and junior high school student. But I think a, a teacher that like you, with your skill and your talent, I think you could have made all the difference in, in my life. And uh, I, I just I listen to these stories and, and think to myself, wow, what a, uh, what a, what a career you put together and, and what a perfect fit for education you were. You know, and I don't know why, but from the very beginning, as a student teacher and as a first-year teacher, I never, ever had behavior problems in my classes. There's just something about the way they see you, the way you behave. I started the very first day of class teaching, gave them homework, told them they were going to have a quiz the next day. You know, I was all business, <laughs> and I made it clear that I was in all of my classes. And it's interesting because there was a woman 20 years my senior who taught across the hall uh, foreign language. And um, when she would have trouble with some kids, she would bring them over and put them in my class just to get them out of hers. And what was really interesting is every once in a while, one of them would participate or ask a question about something we were doing, which was very interesting. And that happened to me in another school, too, where the assistant principal would bring kids and put them in my classroom when they were misbehaving in some other subject teacher's class. And by the way, at that second school, the second year that I was there as the resource teacher, I I had another idea. <laughs> And I went and talked to the head of the English department, who who was known as an exceptional teacher um, and been at that school a long time, and she was tough and had a reputation like you don't mess around with her. And I, I convinced her to go to the principal with me to do something else for the second year. And what we did was we proposed that the incoming seventh graders that were behind in math and in English, because they were pretty much the same kids, that they take a second class. And she and I, for one, she was going to teach half of them first semester, and I'd teach the other half, and then we'd switch. And what we were doing was... Uh, teaching them skills so they could, they would still have their regular math class. So this was in addition to their regular math class. And what I was doing was teaching them skills that they had never learned in elementary school and some of what they would be learning in their math class that year in the seventh grade. And I, I taught them things so they could be successful in a seventh grade math class, which they would not have been able to do otherwise. And that worked out really well, too. So, Terrific. I, you know, I, I think even students that are problem students, there's something about uh, results, when they see results. You know, you've mentioned a few times about the, well, you mentioned a couple times about giving the test every day, the, the little quiz every day. And uh, and they they wanted that uh, when you when you pulled back and and stopped giving it they asked for it again but there's there's something about students when you challenge them and it works 
that uh, that's enlightening to them, and and there's a feeling of accomplishment there. Um, yeah, really uh, wonderful techniques that you used, and and you know this isn't these aren't things that you necessarily learn in uh, in, in in your master's program or in your uh, your bachelor's education program. These are things that you have to develop on your own. These come out of your own imagination. Well, most of them, but the quiz thing, when I was in high school, I took two math classes in my senior year, and they were both with the same woman, Madeline Mutual, and she gave a quiz every day at the beginning of class. So that's where I got that idea from. But when I was teaching, and when I was teaching GT classes, I gave it at the beginning of class every day. But, but in the other classes where the kids were below grade level, and I was trying to get them up to par and all that, instead of giving it at the beginning of class, I gave it at the end of class, covering what we did during class. So they had an incentive to pay attention if they had a question to ask it. And that worked really well when I switched it, too. And then uh, later on, after I got them paying attention and doing all those things, then I switched theirs to at the beginning of class, too. And I gave those quizzes at the beginning of my classes throughout my entire career. At any rate, uh, I love that. So I, I stayed at that school, I think, four years, and I, you know, I put myself through college and all that. Well, at the end of my third year, at at my second school, I bought a townhouse in Damascus, which was like an hour away. But some of my friends from the first school where I thought told me about uh, how the bank had repossessed the, the townhouses in a development because the builders went bankrupt and that they had some good deals up there. And I, <laughs> I didn't have very much in the savings because I put myself through college and all that, but I had some. And, you know, I mentioned that foreign language teacher who worked across the hall from me in my first school. She actually loaned me $5,000 to, to put down on my townhouse. She knew I was a responsible person and I would take care of it. In fact, when I was working in my first school, she, she had two kids, one of which was a son. And he and his friends wanted to play basketball, but they weren't good enough to play on a basketball team in their school. And they wanted to play in the county rec league, and, but they couldn't play in that unless they found a coach. And she knew I had been an athlete, so she asked me if I would coach that boys' basketball team. <laughs> and I did. Just one year, though. That was... You know, on top of all the other stuff that I did, at any rate. But, you know, she, I mean, it was really nice of her to loan me $5,000. I'm not kidding. I mean, that's, uh, and by the way, that's a different $5,000 than it is today. Oh, yeah, it would be a lot more today. But it, And I bought a model townhouse that, that had a lot of built-in furniture. So 
I, I, you know, I had my own bedroom furniture, which I put in one of the other rooms. And what, what I did was there were three bedrooms on the second floor, and there was one down in the basement. The basement was all finished, except for the laundry room. And I rented those three rooms in my house to help pay my mortgage and to save money. So, but but I was at that second school, and that was a long drive. It was an hour away, and when it snowed a couple of times, it took me quite, like three hours to get home. So, when there was an opening closer to my townhouse for a math resource position, I applied for that, and it was at the largest junior high in the county. Uh, I had twelve math teachers in my department and before before school even started i met with the high school resource teacher at seneca valley and that's where all of the ridgeview students were would be going at the end of ninth grade and i wanted to find out what i could from her about the kids that we were sending there and she she told me something that was not such great news she told me basically that uh, the students from Ridgeview stood out because their backgrounds weren't as good as the backgrounds of kids coming in from the other feeder junior high schools. So, so I had so it was a completely different challenge than I had before. And what was happening, I found out, was that the teachers were not teaching the entire curriculum. Let's say for Algebra 1 example, there were like, let's say, eight units that the county says they're supposed to teach, and they were only teaching five of them. No wonder the kids were having problems. So I had to get them to finish the curriculum. So what I did was, uh, I was also teaching an Algebra 1 class, and there were kids in the classes that shouldn't have been in there because they didn't have sufficient backgrounds to be in there. So I did get the principal to agree to let us change some kids' schedules. And then I convinced all the other teachers, no matter what class they were teaching, to double their speed for one month. And then we would talk. <laughs> I said, but no matter what, you just double your speed, no matter what, for one month and see what happens. Well, one teacher in the department wouldn't do it, but I couldn't make her. All the other ones did it, and they were surprised at what happened. They said the kids that weren't doing well still weren't doing all that well, but all the other kids were happier and doing a lot better. And they had no behavior problems. And some of them had them before. Because smart kids, when they get bored, they get into mischief, you know? So it was interesting. So by the time I left that school, the senior high resource teacher told us she could still tell which kids came from my school, except that it was reversed that our students were performing much better than those from the other feeder schools. So in three years, it was a complete turnaround. 
and that was nice to have happened. And I, I, I did some other things there. Uh, one, one year I did, I had all the people in the department and all the stu- all the math students. One day, the principal agreed to let us do it. We had a metric Olympics, <laughs> so we had these crazy little things, and I had some parents come to and students participated and some of them also for part of their time helped measure things so we had things like the javelin throw with toothpicks wow. <laughs> <laughs> or you know different, different kinds of things so it, it was like a fun thing except like the standing broad jump was still the same old ordinary thing but they had to all be measured in metric units instead of you know, our American units. So that was a very unifying thing. And some of the teachers from other departments came out and helped too, because, you know, if they had a, we had all, the the whole school was doing it. So it was fun. I'll tell you, I I wish I had you as a teacher. And, uh, you know, I know you say the whole school was doing it, but I have a feeling you had a certain way of doing it. Uh, that that made it even more enjoyable. Keep in mind, you have the coaching background and you have the math background. Uh, the, the metric Olympics is uh, a perfect fit for uh, for you, Frank McKay. Here, so much more importantly, Darlene Cunahan is our very special guest, and we have a couple moments more with her. If you haven't listened to our other shows, please binge listen. Uh, Darlene Cunahan, wonderful wonderful educator and uh, the, all those awards she's gotten a, a well-deserved. Frank McKay here with Darlene. Uh, but it, it, I'm not kidding. I mean, it seems like a, almost something you created. I know you didn't, but uh, uh, but the, the Metric Olympics, that sounds right up your alley. You were, you were a sports coach and you're a uh, mathematics coach. It, it sounded like something you could really find teachable moments in. Oh, yes. Oh, I want to tell you about another thing at that school. One of the classes that I taught was a math nine class. Uh, So basically, you know, they were the kids that had the least amount of math background. And a lot of them in some schools would sometimes be behavioral problems, although I didn't have any of those in there either. But at that school, we had a person on the staff who was very special. She was a learning disability diagnostician, and she taught the special ed kids, as well as kids with learning disabilities. And I went, when I found out that we had such a person, I went to her because I thought a bunch of my students had learning disabilities and nobody had ever had them tested. So I talked to her and she said, yeah, I'll test them. She said, how many kids in that class? And I said, all of them. And she said, you gotta, you gotta be kidding. <laughs> Cause it was, it was like 28 and 29 kids. <laughs> and she had a class of 12 of her own, but she tested them all. And you know what? All but one, all, all except one had, a, had at least one learning disability. And some of them 
their learning disabilities were more serious than some of the kids that she was teaching in her class of 12. So she actually traded a few students with me so that there would be, be room for a few of mine in hers. Wow. And, and one of the things, and, and, you know, those kids, a lot of them, you know, they didn't want to... They didn't want me to be teaching them how to do long division and stuff like that that, that that a lot of kids learn in elementary school, and they'd never bothered to learn it. So what I did was I found new ways to teach them that stuff without it being just that. So I actually taught them some algebra. But to do some of the algebra, they had to be able to do some dividing. right? And I... I taught them how to find percentages of things, and I would talk to them about things they could do with their parents, like they go out to dinner and they could figure out, they could check the, the bill and make sure it was right, because I told them I had read an article that said close to 15% of the, the checks for people get in restaurants. There's an arithmetical error on them, and, and people end up being overcharged, probably accidentally, but maybe not, and that they should do that for their parents to make sure they don't overpay. And they started doing that, and they come back to school and say, I saved my dad $4 last night. Wow. So... Yeah, so you, you find ways to get them interested. Amazing. Uh, really, it's just, you know, when you look at it from this standpoint and, um, uh, you know, how lucky these people were to, uh, to have you. Uh, Darlene, I just, I, I, I just I marvel at, at all of these stories. I wish you would write a book um, <laughs> and, you know, and we get it out there to, uh, to the other educators. You know, they, they always say if you could bottle what someone has. Well, I'll just say this. If you could, if you can bottle what Darlene Cunahan has and give it to the educators, we'd have such a better uh, education system in this country. She is absolutely wonderful. There's a reason why she got all the accolades and all the awards. Darlene Cunahan, I want to thank you once again for being here. And I, I look forward to our conversations uh, every week. Darlene, thanks for being here. Well, thank you. Darlene Cunahan, everyone. Frank McKay signing off. But I, what, what a wonderful, wonderful example of, of excellence in their particular field. And uh, Darlene Cunahan, again, there's a reason she's gotten all these awards and accolades uh, for education, mathematics. and uh, You know, listen, uh, it, you know, you, you find good people in every field, but in, in, in this particular one, it's, it's so important. Uh, they're dealing with our children more than we are dealing with them on a uh, on a on a day-to-day basis, on an hour-to-hour basis, um, in in so many ways. Darlene Cunahan, everyone, has been our very special guest. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. <laughs>